You are listening to episode 41 of the Playing Falau podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hey there, friends. I hope this finds you well this day, this week. I'm going to hit right into our topic by talking to you about a mistake that I see a lot of very generous, kind-hearted, well-meaning individuals make in the name of service and caring and responsibility, and that is self-sacrificing. The definition of self-sacrificing means to sacrifice oneself for others. And when I looked that up, I didn't think it was terribly explanatory because as I was always taught, you don't put the word itself in the definition. But when I looked up related words to self-sacrifice, I came across persecution, repudiation, pain, disavowal, distress, agony, torture, ordeal, torment, anguish, mortification, self-denial, and abdication. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't treat my worst enemies this badly. So why then do we do it to ourselves? That last word I found in particular interesting, which is abdication, a complete leaving of ourselves behind. Here's the problem. The mistake I've seen running rampant for years as I've worked with smart and talented leaders who are needed, whose talents do contribute and who want to genuinely serve and grow and make a difference to those they love, as well as their colleagues and those in their community, is that they are overextending themselves. They are overgiving. They are self-sacrificing. Now, many will say, I don't do that. I don't self-sacrifice. And maybe you don't like the word. But as I said, if you're overextended in your work, in your life, if there are things you're missing that you want there is a very good chance that you are engaged in this practice, and we got to talk about it today. The thing is, it's not really your fault if you are either engaged in in self-sacrificing and not aware of it, or you are, and you're sitting there blaming yourself that you don't know how you got in so deep and overgiving, people-pleasing, or over being overextended, but you are. And you don't know how to get out. Again, not your fault. We have been taught from an early time in our society, religion, families that we need to help. We're taught to serve. We're taught to be selfless and not be selfish. And as a result, we even go on and we are rewarded for sacrificing ourselves. And that reinforcement simply makes it a way of being so that Later, as we continue our life, we find ourselves so entrenched in it, sometimes we can't even see our way out of it or see that we are in the glass jar. 
90% of the time, it's not the job, it's not your boss, it's not the kids or the place that has you overextended. It's our self-sacrificing tendencies. I've been in the presence of bosses to their senior leaders telling them to take stuff off their plate, stop overextending, stop self-sacrificing. But even with the permission and the invitation to do it, the individuals couldn't or wouldn't do it. When we self-sacrifice, be aware, we self-sabotage. And there's even more to it. I'm bringing this up in particular today because especially based on these times, we are seeing a high level of self-sacrificing, especially pronounced. And it's actually doing the opposite of what most people think, which is being of service and being supportive or being kind and being loving. We hurt others and ourselves when we give at the expense of ourselves. I was talking to a leader this week, talented young man. He leads a lot of others in sales positions, and he has a variety of other roles and responsibilities himself. A lot of his life is flying on all cylinders, and he's got it going on. It's it's purring, right like he wants in his sweet spot. Things are going well. He's lost 20 pounds of weight. His team has been succeeding in over exemplary status for the last six months. He's done more exercise in the past two months than he has in the last two years. So all of these things and the way he approaches his world right now in terms of his physical health and even in his work world and much of it, he's locked into embracing, this is my identity. This is who I am now. That's what we want. We want you in your sweet spot. But there was this other area that he brought up to me, and he was surprised that he was not following through specifically on what it had to do with a little bit more self-care on top of this health issue. It was about expanding his education or learning in these certain areas, reading in the morning, doing other types of things. And as we talked, I asked if he wanted to explore it a little bit more. And he said he would. I said, what keeps you from, let's call it the self-care and doing what you know is best for you? And he said... I don't seem to have the time. I'd like to be there for people. It's something I see can get in the way, and it has gotten in the way for me for a long time, but I just can't let go of this being wanting to be available for people. And I said, what does it mean to you to be available? And he thoughtfully reflected before he responded, I want to protect people from getting the wrong influence. And then he went on a little bit more and he said, and ultimately from making a mistake, then I knew we were on to something. So I said, what you are really saying is that you self-sacrifice under the guise that you're being altruistic and you're out there to help people, but it's really so you can control them and keep them from failing which is a projection of your own fear of failure. He said, well, I never looked at it that way, but yes, I can see that what I do in the name of others thinking I'm being good is really because of my own fears, my own poor relationship with failure, and wanting to control the situation. Again, another very fear-based means of leadership. Self-sacrificing is really the ego's way of saying, I'm more powerful than you and you need me to help you. 
It fills our validation and affirmation of ourselves. At least the ego is validation and affirmation. It's need for it. And it's getting it, however, from the external world. Any affirmation and validation is an internal, inside job. But when we're self-sacrificing, it's almost as though we're set up to an addiction. We are in the need to get our fix and our hit. And so self-sacrificing becomes a means to doing that. We overgive so that we can control people's thoughts on us. We can control the circumstances, or at least we think and live in that illusion. We also believe that I'm being kind. I'm here for you. I'm showing up for you. But again, it often has much deeper, not altruistic tendencies and intentions. First of all, let's get one thing straight, that being there for people does not mean that you are available 24-7. There is a difference between being, quote, there for people and always being someone who is at the telephone or in their physical presence. I asked this person in particular, I said, do you think that the person who is successfully or happily running the size of business that you intend to run, do you think they're always available? Do you see that person as always present? Do they always pick up the phone? And he said, no, they don't. They have a respect for themselves. They know what it takes for them to be at their best. They have boundaries and they take really good care of themselves. Here's the deal. Not only is overextending and self-sacrificing leading to self-sabotage and burnout, But self-sacrifice actually hurts others. It's not loving. In many ways, self-sacrificing is selfish. And here's why. When you are always available, you don't allow others the space to practice doing things for themselves. You don't allow them the practice of failing forward. You prevent them from getting stronger to figure things out on their own. Now, that's just the logistical, practical side. That's just real. If someone can't become competent at something, they're never going to get confident. On the mental side of things, you are also sending a message if you're always available or being there for them that that person doesn't have what it takes to do this. Now, before you say, I would never tell a person that he or she doesn't have enough capability Here's the thing. You don't have to say it. They can feel it. Research from the HeartMath Institute long ago showed us that when you have a feeling, it goes to every cell in your body, and then it goes outward. And people up to 10 feet away can sense the feeling that's being transmitted. It's your frequency, and it's leaking what you're thinking without you saying it. So other people know what you think about them. When, and, and before you are even uttering a word, it doesn't take a psychic. The problem with not believing in a person in advance of them proving it to you is that many people like to give their power over to the others in authority, whether that be their managers or their parents or whatever. And they believe, unfortunately, what another person is saying about them is true. And then they fulfill that prophecy, they, they, they show up to the level that you see them showing up to. As a leader, we need to almost overbelieve in others. I had people in my life believe in me before I proved it, where I arrived and showed that I could. 
And I consider them my believing eyes. And today I do that for others. I believe in you until you believe in yourself. I'll lead you to that light until you turn it on for yourself. But when we self-sacrifice, we overgive, we hold people down. And ultimately, we're leading from fear, and then we spread more of that. So back to this idea of self-sacrificing as being selfish. Early in my career, when I had a nine-to-five job, and then I taught aerobic classes. That was what I did every morning at 6 a.m., downtown Chicago. And I I laugh and I love the word aerobics because it's just so fun, 80s and dated, let's say. But I would go after both of these jobs and I would meet for dinner at this small local restaurant. Each evening, I was booked with people who were acquaintances who would call me for coaching. And I did this without receiving any energy that could be emotional or financial back to me a clear sign that I was starting to overgive. And I would get home about nine o'clock each evening and I would want to start building my coaching business that I knew I was aspiring to. And I would be ticked and because I didn't have any time left for me. And when I told my mentor that I couldn't say no to these people because they needed me, I will never forget her response. She was like, That is the most ego-based thing I have ever heard someone say. I was doing that because I said they needed me. What would happen without me? But in essence, I was saying how important I was, that they weren't equal to me. They weren't born with the same amount of power or energy. And for me to cut this off, which I had to do, was like cut literally like cutting off an addict. Because what I also realized is that I was feeding myself that it was I was so important and, and, and so f- self-aggrandizing of myself, you know? Here's the thing. There's nothing sexy about being self-sacrificing. It's absolutely selfish. Taking care of yourself is the first thing that has to happen so that you can actually put in motion the real decisions and actions that you know will create greater life-changing impact in your work, your life, and those you serve. This man I was speaking to, he has two young daughters, and I asked him to think of his oldest daughter and what message do you think you send to her if you're available 24-7? Or when you try to protect her from her mistakes or protect her from the wrong influence, which is something he had said to me with those he leads. You know, how we do some things is how we do everything. So you can't say, I'm going to do this with my kids here, and I'm going to do this with my leadership in this other area here. What happens, I wanted to know from him, when he put all of this under the guise that he was trying to be kind and loving, but he really just wanted to control. And what happened, and what would she think about her capability? And he knew, and he said, I think that she'd start to feel that she didn't have it within her and that she'd start playing small. As it relates to our children, I know my daughters have made mistakes. They will make mistakes. I see them, mistakes coming before they've even done them. And it's really important to let go of control. It sends them the message that I believe in them. I want for them to make the decisions. I don't let them fall off cliffs, of course, 
And it can be really hard as a parent and as a leader, but we must speak and talk to people as though they're the highest versions of themselves. I've mentioned this before. We can't speak to them as, as who they are currently. But letting go of control is our issue so as to allow other people to expand. The first way to know you're self-sacrificing is when you feel overextended. And maybe there's an area of your life that's frustrating you right now. It could be an employee at the office. Could be your kid at home, doesn't pick up their clothes. The mistake that many make is to think that they have to put in more time to fix the problem. When really the best thing they could do is to stop giving more and instead stop and take care of themselves, pull out of the situation. The answer will look different in different circumstances and it depends on the situation. But for my client, During our conversation, he realized, as he was thinking, that there was a problem he was having with the person who runs runs his office, and he said, it likely has everything to do with me now, I realize. I haven't been giving her the space to run things. And he saw that the best thing that he could do was to get up and leave the office and to not be available. Nothing had happened during our conversation, but he realized from this when he could really see things clearly that the best thing he could do was to not be available. And then, bam, look at that. Suddenly, he had the space and the time back to do what he previously said just moments ago he didn't have the time for. This week, I noticed when I was frustrated by one of my kids that it was my overextending of myself that was costing me. And so I became aware of it instantly, and I stopped. I made a choice. I know I have a choice. All I'm saying is don't play the role of victim under the pretense that you are serving altruistically or that you don't have a choice about self-sacrificing. It's not healthy for you or the people that you overextend to. We have to challenge our own faulty stories around this so that we don't just try to pretend that we're being, we have a, you know, altruistic on the outside when we haven't explored some of our own fears and wounds within. And so then we can actually step up and help others step up. Self-sacrificing isn't kind, it's self-serving, and it's a self-aggrandizing. Self-sacrificing is self-sabotaging, and it's selfish. And I believe self-sacrificing holds more good leaders back because eventually it leads to burnout and bitterness with whomever they are overgiving to. And it's not even that person's fault. I look at it like this. I always thought if little kids had a voice when their mom and dads were overextended, they would want to say, mom, dad, for goodness sake, go take care of yourself so that you're not such a mess with me. In much the same way, those who follow us, if if we were listening to what they're saying in their heads, they'd say, for goodness sake, go take care of your own fear-based, self-sacrificing, control issues. Don't, Don't dump them on me. So what do you do if you notice overextending or self-sacrificing are parts of your, your MO? And what if you realize they're parts of the, the reasons for some of the work and life frustrations you have? The first thing I would do is take a breath. You're human. Don't blame yourself. It's easy to fall into that when we are kind-hearted and generous and know where we have talents. But one of the first things we have to do is to acknowledge that 
we are self-sacrificing. And it looks something like this. I'm stressed or not available for what I want because I'm over-giving or because I'm self-sacrificing. Acknowledgement. I'm feeling bad because I'm self-sacrificing. Bam. Step two, accept that self-sacrificing is a choice. It's not your job's fault, not your boss's fault, not your kids. Sometimes we even blame time. And most of us walk around each day in this state of stress and we, we look at a place to place blame. But when we recognize, and sometimes and it's hard to accept, that self-sacrificing is a choice, then we have the power to do something about it. It's a lot more powerful to be able to do that. So step one is acknowledge it. Step two, accept. This is a choice I'm making. Third thing I would say is ask yourself or finish the statement, if I wasn't self-sacrificing, I would. If you weren't overextending or overgiving in that very specific situation, what else would you do with that? Would you go set up strategy time for yourself? Would you go set up some way to energetically restore? What would you do? And the fourth step, if I wasn't self-sacrificing to solve this problem, another idea I have is come up with an alternative idea other than now I have to sit in the office and train this person or be with this person and over overlook uh, this person this whole entire time. What else is another idea? Oh, I can I can head out. Give them the freedom to see how they're going to they're going to rise up or not and then I can help correct them based upon something that they're really doing. The way I got out of self-sacrificing a long time ago was that I asked myself this very specific question all of the time. Whenever I felt like I was overgiving, I asked myself, it does this bring me joy? And if it was a yes, I would do it again or I kept going. I'd go to lunch with that person or I'd go to dinner, I'd do these things. If it didn't bring me joy, listen carefully, I did one of two things. I would go back and restore myself, fill my styrofoam cup, plug it of all of its holes until I felt restored. And then if the answer was still no, I would say no and set the boundary. I'm not willing to do this. I never want someone to go to lunch with me or to do something for me with pity in their eyes. I'm sure you don't either. You want someone to be honest. No, I don't have the bandwidth. No, I don't want to. You want to be able to have an authentic experience. So be honest. I challenge you to ask yourself, Is does this bring me joy? And to answer, find your yes or no, and to move accordingly. One of the things that happens a lot with individuals is that they will start with me and they will start blaming their job. They'll say, I got to get out of here. I'm overextended. I'm frustrated. The company does this and or my business is doing this. And they'll say, I need to transition. And I'm like, sure, let's, ha- let's have at it. But a funny thing happens just a few weeks in. And I so often hear, I don't know what I was thinking. This, situ- this job is amazing. This work I do is exactly built for me. What I was thinking about this relationship is absolutely perfect for me. I was overgiving is what was happening. And that sometimes I can't put it into words, but what I see is that when you restore, when you bring your old power back and you realize things are a choice, you no longer feel like a victim. You're no longer disconnected to yourself. 
Oftentimes, things don't have to change in order for you to feel very differently. The bottom line here is that sacrificing yourself in the name of leadership or caring for other people, it isn't kind. It's selfish. And when you take care of yourself, you take care of others. It may seem counterintuitive, but when you do what's best for you, it's always best for others. And that may mean them being slightly uncomfortable for a period of time. But you can't give what you don't have. And right now we need more leaders, more people who are kind-hearted and generous and have what they have to give. We need them working at their highest levels. And that only comes from making sure that they're doing what they need to do for themselves. It's just that we've we've been operating with a backward strategy and we're taught to operate, which is take care of others first and then ourselves. Like I said, you can't give what you don't have. So let's reverse that. Take care of yourself right now. Cut the cords where the overextension, the overgiving, the self-sacrificing is at play. This week, I encourage you to notice when you're overextending, acknowledge the choice you're making, decide what you would do if you had, if you were making a different choice, what other ideas would you have, return yourself to your peak state. I appreciate you. You have more power within you than you realize. You have so much to give. Make sure that you have yourself replenished to be able to do that. You don't create life-changing impact in your work or your life or with those you serve by self-sacrificing. You do it by taking great care and expanding you from the inside out. You first, not last. You can begin that today. And then I will look forward to talking to you again in one week. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 